Welcome everyone to the Learn Fresh podcast. My name is Nick Monzi, CEO and co-founder of Learn Fresh, and I'm joined by Calvin Seibert, our chief academic officer, my co-host, and affectionately and appropriately nicknamed the game changer of education. Changing the game. On today's episode, we're sharing part two of our conversation about the racial justice movement and what it means for education. In the second half of this conversation, recorded in December of 2020, we're talking about representation in the classroom, culture, and curricula, and what it means for building racial acceptance and the pursuit of social justice. Today on the Learn Fresh podcast. I remember uh, when I chose, well, I changed my uh, major to education, and my counselor told me, you're going to be able to get a job anywhere. And I, and I was like, why do you say that? <laughs> And she said, because you're a black man. And this was in 1997. Mm -hmm. Um, And then going back in my, you know, going through elementary and middle school, high school, I don't recall any black male teachers. Actually, one, that was the gym teacher in middle school. Mm -hmm. Uh, Shout out to Mr. Thomas. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But other than that, there weren't any other, there weren't any. And so I remember when she said that, that made me feel special. Like they're gonna be, people are gonna want you to be their teacher. You know, you're gonna be important. You're, you're gonna be special in this space. You're, you're gonna be needed. And um, when, I, when I graduated, it was like that pretty much. I could have went anywhere. I remember I was getting uh, messages for, or People were saying I could move to Las Vegas. I had never been to Las Vegas, and I was like, "Why would I do that?" Yeah. <laughs> Thought that's a party place or something. <laughs> it was like, no, they need teachers there too. So I remember just thinking, like, "Wow, that's a that's good to know." But but in the back of my mind, I kept thinking while I was in college, talking to my friends, like, "How come none of y'all are going to school? Why don't nobody wants to be a teacher?" They're like, heck, you know, do we not want to do that? No, man. <laughs> so it's like, a, it, it is a, it's a special place. And to see so many black male teachers now, that is really, that's really special to me because it, it, it wasn't, it wasn't that before, you know, more, more men, black men starting, starting to realize that, you know, our, you know, these, these black kids need to see us in the classroom too. And not just as the security, yeah. <laughs> and not as the maintenance person, and not as, you know, the other, the other things that sometimes black people get hired for. I mean, mm-hmm. we can be in education, we we can be on administration, we can be principals and 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 CEOs, and but the only way to to show that is for people to have courage and step into that space. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that, and that matters so much not only for black students, but it matters for white students and it matters for all kinds of students. Like seeing, again, going back to this conversation of seeing folks of different backgrounds in positions of authority or in positions of leadership, like that signals to society that this is normal the Biden administration right now is filling out its cabinet with these folks of all these different backgrounds. And obviously there are different opinions on who's picking it, whatever, but a range of backgrounds and like that being established as a normality 
and not a something that's unusual or 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 um a novelty right a novel a normality and not a novelty i think is really really important for society generally so i went to a school in kalamazoo um and taught for a year there and uh there was only one black kid in the classroom i remember that um because he used to give me a hard time <laughs> i'd be like man sit down what are you doing and, and uh it's so amazing that when I look back at that that group of kids that I taught, they are now like 20, they're mid-20s now. And um, it's really sweet how social media can show you how your kids are doing. I mean, and not that I, you know, I'm an okay teacher, I'll say that. But to see <laughs> my students, you know, in... in the same kids that in third grade just were, were just trying to figure out how to stand in the line right way. And now you see them in a space doing things that are just, and then for them to give you a shout out at the same time, like I remember this teacher, this, this is my teacher. And, and it's like, wow, like it doesn't, the color really doesn't matter. It's the influence that you make on the kid. That's, that's just it. It's that point of connection. It's that point of connection and having that connection transcends the other variables that we're talking about. Yeah. And uh, the deep thing about it, when I was his teacher, his parents, they were, they were amazing parents. They, they wanted me to help him uh, learn how to shoot baskets. So they, they, they pretty much kind of hired me to spend an hour or so with him you know, at his house, teaching him how to dribble and shoot. He wanted to play basketball. And uh, I remember <laughs> they they invited me to a country club. Now, when I told my father about that, he said, his, he's so funny, he's like, now, you know, uh, I don't think that black people go to country clubs. I don't know. <laughs> he's like, I said, well, I've never heard of... I've never been the one. I asked him, had he ever been the one? He said, nope, I haven't. Uh -huh. So you'd be the first one in our family to go to the country club. <laughs> and I remember going to the going there and it being just an experience of like, wow, like one thing there was, I looked at the menu, there were no prices on the menu and they were telling me whatever you want to order, just order it. And uh, it was a really cool experience that, I wouldn't have got without that without them pretty much it was like they were showing me another level of uh of life and um i wasn't treated different i wasn't looked at like what's this guy doing here um you know they they were really important people and 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 so it was it was one of those moments where like wow like oh this is i get to level up just from helping my student you know mm -hmm. <laughs> and and it's to me, it's the genuine things. Like when you do things for a reward, don't, it don't really seem like it happens too much, and, or or that reward won't mean as much afterwards. But if you do the right thing from the bottom of your heart, you really help someone. You 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 know you're you're laying it all out, trying to trying to be an influence and trying to change the world. When you do that, I feel like the right things just they present themselves right to you, just like that. Mm -hmm. 
And uh, you knowing me, <laughs> more about me, uh, you know, through these years, you, you can attest to that as well, like how things just happen. Like when you are, when you're doing the right things and when you're playing on the right field and the time is right, <laughs> yeah, that, that thing can happen for you. So I'm, I'm super thankful to be able to, to see s students of all different backgrounds remember me and uh and kind of and kind of give me the same love pretty much it is weird to see the kids you know they were they were 10 and now they're 25 it's just like wow like and then be like you look the same <laughs> you look the same as when you were <laughs> no disrespect but you look the same you're the same person but you know you've changed you've evolved and and it's amazing to see that um you know after 20 years of being in the classroom So one thing I want to point out, so you talked that country club story that you mentioned. I think it's really important that this gets acknowledged in, in the, in the context of that you're describing with the country club, that's a quote unquote level up from your perspective because it's a new experience. Um, but it's, it's really important that we don't stereotype those moments as being things that are like, Oh, we're bringing students of color in or people of color into those spaces. Like this is like a big positive, right? Like, or like a transformative thing. Like my point behind saying this is over the past 15 years of my life, I've been blessed to have incredibly close and valuable black friends, black male friends, friends of color generally who have brought me into their lives and into their spaces and shared them with me, their culture, their food, their life experience, their family, their community, and all like all across the country welcomed me into those spaces. And for me, that is like one of the honors of a lifetime. And it means that is a level up for me. And like, I think that has to go both ways. You know, it can't just be like, oh, this black person is being welcomed into this institution like hoorah it's also those of us on the other side have to acknowledge the fact that when we're being welcomed into spaces that are not our own or communities that are not our own that's a level up for us too right and he's not a cop guys <laughs> <laughs> that's sometimes how it goes because it's just the stereotypes right try to bring somebody right right along with you because they're not your color they think they think they're you know undercover no nah, he's not an undercover cop we're not I'm, right. I'm not gonna set you up either it's not that <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah but that 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 communication it has to be the connection is two ways right it's right. it's an exchange i think we're going in the right direction think all these things needed to happen you know sometimes they say it's got to get worse before it gets better but hopefully we don't want it to get any worse than what it is but you know as far as the the shifting it, it, it the fact that we're having these conversations now are is proof to me that mm -hmm. change is coming um and there were some i mean there are real moments of progress I would probably consider them to be more symbolic moments of progress this year, but the NBA reaction to the George Floyd murder and everything that happened over the summer 
the name changes around the Washington football team and now the Cleveland Indians, the announcement that just came out around Major League Baseball professionalizing the statistics and the history of the Negro Leagues and embedding that within the overall record of Major League Baseball, which is just as a baseball historian, just makes me makes me want to cry. I love it. Um, the you know election of Kamala Harris as vice president of the U.S. I mean, these are these are symbolic things, but they're they're moments that are significant and change institutions that are 50 100 several hundred years old in foundational ways again results in 10 years what does the difference look like that the persistence that we have to have as a society to make sure that the moments now turn into systemic change over the long term that's critical but there are big bright spots from now that I think need to be celebrated and have been celebrated by people in juxtaposition with all the other crap that's been going on. I agree. There's some there's some sweet spots that we can we can get some leverage in. We just can't drop the ball. Like and I'm when I say we everybody. It can't it can't be like, oh, this bad thing happened and Time goes by and then back to the same stuff. So, um, but we do know that everyone matters and we had to do some crazy stuff for black lives to matter. Like, it's like, it, it, it shouldn't have went that far to me for it to, for the point to get across, but, but it did. And, uh, you think that we, we would be stronger as a, as a, as a people, we hope that that's the goal for us to be stronger together. It's like we got we to gotta be able to flex our muscles on who we are. Like, yep, yeah, this is what we, we got this. This is what we're special in. And I feel like every culture, every, everybody should be able to do that. This is what we're sweet in. Right, yep, right here, right. these muscles right here. But we need you too. We need your muscles, to, you know, we need you. We all need to have our... Um, our hands on the tug of war, <laughs> on the rope. We we all need to be pulling and yanking it to the other side so we can get off, get off all this cr- all this craziness. Yeah, I'm even starting to notice more commercials on TV are are starting to have more black and and, and mixed people and mm-hmm. just all you know it's it's different. I I don't really even like to watch commercials a lot. I like DVR <laughs> and fast forward it, but I'm looking. I've, I was watching it, you know, watching sports and things, and like, wow, this is. It's noticeable. To it me. is. It definitely is. And Netflix, and think, all other, all sorts of places. Yeah. yeah. And that wouldn't have happened if if this stuff didn't happen. If the bad stuff didn't happen, then we wouldn't see, we wouldn't see it like this. Mm. So yeah. And those moments, these things start to build confidence in a new generation of people, a new generation of kids who can look out in society and see themselves in every space on TV, in movies, in uh, you know, positions of power in the science community. Like, the, the, if you see yourself in all those spaces, then you feel like you belong in all those places. Right. Absolutely. Just and and that makes me think of the kids that, <clears throat> excuse me, that are not going to make it to the NBA or 
or NFL playing, but there are other positions <laughs> yeah. that they didn't even know. I get to share that, and I feel like that that's something that needs to be shared globally, <laughs> like all over. That just It just needs to be, in my opinion, because it's something that, it's the hidden secret. <laughs> yeah. It's the hidden secret. Everything that's happened this year, and obviously the history that's come before it, has created us created a platform for us, created an opportunity, particularly in education from our seat, uh, to drive forward change that ends in results, tangible results, tangible change for our kids. What are the one to three? marquee items that you see as opportunities for the education sector over the next five to 10 years to take the action that's happened this year and in the years leading up to now and translate it into real change for our kids. Gotcha. So, uh, touching the education space, uh, the fact that most curriculums are, are not covering all backgrounds um the fact that we we're actually in the process of uh of of helping that space but uh five years from now i see curriculums that have all nationalities of kids um all the backgrounds touching on all the backgrounds uh throughout throughout their lessons uh hope helping the kids understand the lessons even more and want to even be involved in them because they can relate to them. So uh, the fact that sports is a really special, uh, really a special thing. Um, I feel like sports and education, those two, those two vehicles together uh, have a, have a, a really strong, possibility to, to change the world which uh, I believe it's happening now we're in the process of doing it so um, the fact that the education that is so important to the world to our students uh, letting them know that at an early age and using the sports vehicles to help them uh, me personally I'm, I'm sports background I couldn't imagine if if sports and education were tied together in those early stages. <clears throat> you know, sports was something you do during gym time, and or or you know outside of outside of school, not at the same time, not involved. So I feel like the sports um, sports and education are going to be I feel like they're going to be mandatory. I'm going to say that <laughs> they have to be mandatory. Um, curriculums because because we know the results that that we'll get from it it's like we got to go through through these tests it's like all these standardized tests and things like that 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 have to be done um, that don't necessarily cover all nationalities and it's like they still have to be done and, and they're still used you know, and sometimes schools get closed down because of things, you know, maybe the wrong assessment. Uh, so 
the the curriculum definitely uh, has to has to change, and of course, changing for the better because once once we start having all different names of kids within our curriculums, now you know now all kids will feel important, and uh, and even tying in you know just different cultural things, different things about everyone's culture added to you know the curriculums of you know from history to to science just different types of things that all people do that way no one's going to college and saying i've never even heard of this type of person or i i never even knew what you guys liked or what you guys did or what you know it it, it can help with that yeah i'm with you on that so the opportunity that you had alluded to the learn fresh fellowship for culturally inclusive education um we just picked four incredible fellows and we're going to start them in a program next year 2021 uh to share their vision around uh how we can we can build curricula that are curricula that are more representative of the different narratives that we have in our community and they have in their communities and uh, we'll actually have them on for another episode of a podcast later this season um the the other piece for me is just the community connection. I think that it's so easy to bring people together now due to technology from different places, right? Like we've we've grown our organization and raised money and built collaborative partnerships from our home for the last, you know, 9 months because of the situation that we're in with the pandemic. There's no reason why students in classrooms and out of school time programs and all sorts of learning spaces can't harness that technology with their educators to learn about others in different parts of the world, in different parts of the country, in different parts of the state, in different parts of their own community. Uh, there are things that we're doing as an organization, projects that we've done in the past, things that we're planning moving forward that are in alignment with that opportunity. Uh, but I, I just think the the time has passed for us to have excuses on why we can't build those bridges. Getting back to one of the central themes of what we've been talking about here, when if someone is from a different background than you, has a different narrative or story than you, uh, the, the power of just spending time together in a shared space, listening to each other and hearing about that background or that that narrative that's different than your own builds empathy and that empathy results in a changed perspective um, you can research that thing to death but i fundamentally believe that that is the truth um so let's let's create those spaces for our kids let's leverage the power of what we have in our hands now to do that i remember pen pals and uh, learning about different cultures that way. And it just went away. I felt like it was for one year or two years or something like, and then it just, it was no longer. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's when we really dropped the ball when we stopped learning about other cultures, you know, within the classrooms, writing, in, writing postcards and, you know, sending things to kids back in the day. Like, I don't even know if you, do you remember the pen pals? I do, yeah, I do, <laughs> yeah. So that's deep that, I feel like that's we're really getting back to that now. Mm -hmm. We're, it, you know, we're eliminating the pen pals, but now we can focus on different 
backgrounds and then have that embedded in the curriculum so it's already you're going to learn about it you're going to learn about everybody mm -hmm. you should because yep. that's what this world is it's not just one type of person this world has all kinds of different people and different backgrounds so and even within a city, I mean, that, that exchange doesn't even happen within a city a lot of times. And right. from where I am in Philadelphia to the north side of the city to the south side of the city, there are folks from different communities and cultures living there with their kids going to different schools and not interacting. So what does it mean for us to, to close those gaps even in one community? That can change things that from a general generational standpoint I fully believe that the learn first podcast is produced by our very own Nick Monzi and Sumner Becker with additional production assistance from Caitlin Woodward Sumner Becker also does our engineering editing and music the Learn Fresh podcast is part of the Side Audio Network, an audio community founded by Jeremiah Ote and Naranjan Kumar. The Side Audio Network hosts storytelling and information sharing podcasts that aim to transfer trust between people and communities through storytelling and conversation. 